1: This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons & Dragons, from good goddesses to gaunt goats. Today, we are talking about goths. Prepare yourselves.
2: I cast fireballs.
0: Hey Brian. Hey Will. Um, so, like, what's up with goths? I haven't seen any since high school. <laughs> I mean, Hot Topics are still around, and I think they still go to there. I think they sell like '90s Nickelodeon uh, cartoon T-shirts now instead of like you know uh, wristbands and stuff and and. Eyeshadow. You know,
1: I haven't been to a Hot Topic since like my early 20s, but um, oh, that's pretty
0: telling. I did you, enjoy the store when I are, are. Will. <laughs> <laughs> You're older. Well, today we're not know talking know about those kind
1: of goss. <laughs> we're talking about a different type of goss. We are talking about the beholder kin creature, right? Known as but the goth.
0: before we get into that, I wanted to uh, oh yes, yes. I wanted to reach out to our audience, our beautiful, wonderful audience, who's who stuck with us through many, many, uh, many additions many monsters, many character builds. If if you guys could, if you guys could leave a review of the show in some capacity, whether that be an iTunes review or whatever podcast app you listen to, please review the show. Or if you're watching on YouTube, if you could um, hit the like, subscribe, hit that little bell, I guess. I think that's good for us. Um, Notification. Or or (laughs) I think that's good. I think it's good. (laughs) Just talk about the show in general (laughs) and tell somebody. We're running a contest right now um and we we, we do that periodically we're going to give away our, the new raven loft book that's coming out um you can follow our social media mm-hmm. for that but it really helps the visibility of the show i noticed in in weeks where we have more reviews come in our numbers just kind of like spike so if you guys could get out there and do that that would be super duper helpful to tell people about the dungeon cast we'd really appreciate it and right now you can uh share the show on social media and get a book out of it hopefully indeed yeah. A really
1: exciting book at that. One I'm excited for, at least. Yeah,
0: definitely. Ravenloft is a huge <clears> campaign <throat> setting. A lot of people play it. So,
1: yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to reading
0: That's it for me. Sorry for the interruption. We normally don't like to do that at the top of the episode, but, I, you know, hey, give it a shot.
1: Okay. So, today we are tackling another Beholder King creature, the Goth. Or is it Gauss? I'm not actually sure. Oh, interesting. But I've been pronouncing it as Goth this entire time, so I'm sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> This beholder kin is most often referred to as a lesser beholder, and in so many ways it is. It has many of the hallmark features of the classic beholder, giant ego, tyrannical, multi-eyed rays, antisocial, etc. It is just less so in all of these categories.
0: Okay. Um, diet it's beholder. It's got an
1: ego. It's a diet beholder, yes. <laughs> it's got an ego, and it likes to have it soaked via slaves and tribute, but it does not see itself as the perfect being. It has only six rather than ten eye rays, It is antisocial but not xenophobic to the extreme and works better with others of its kind than your average Beholder. So Mm. so often on the show, I find myself saying, oh, this thing is like this other thing, but it dials it up to 11. But with the Goth, I would say that it is very much like the Beholder, but it dials it down to a (laughs) 7. We will spend this episode comparing this poor guy to uh, the Beholder, and I'm afraid he just will not measure up. Um, That being said... The goth is a dastardly and vile creature, both extremely dangerous and evil. You do not want to run into one, especially if you have a magic item on your person, because they they like to eat those.
0: Oh, what? Um, okay, so instead of, like, does it still have an anti-magic cone?
1: We'll get into it. Uh, okay. Um, not exactly, no. It has
0: other things. Okay. Lester. Because yeah. I was going to say, is like, how would it know if it turns the magic off of stuff? But, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, let's let's get into it. All right. So the goth or lesser beholder, also known as a night eyes for some unexplained, unexplained reason. I mean, I guess they have dark vision, but so do all the other beholders. So I'm not sure what that's about. <laughs> okay. Um, it is a four foot wide biological orb don- dominated by a central eye. Um, this makes it two to three feet smaller in diameter than a proper beholder. Um, As I said before, rather than ten individual eye stalks, the goth only has six smaller eyes on stalks sprouting from the top of its body, along with four feeding tendrils that hang from the lower half of its body. Oh, gross. Um, Indeed. The goth's large central eye is unique to others of its kind in that it is surrounded by a thick ridge of flesh embedded with 12 to 15 smaller eyes. So it's really gross looking.
0: The large central eye... It's surrounded by a thick pull up ridge the of picture. flesh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have the Volo's guide here with me. Yeah,
1: pull up the photo. Like, I'm doing the best I can describing this thing, but, yes, oh! It's got a thick ridge of flesh. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And the 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 ridge of flesh is full of eyes.
0: This reminds me Below of the I mean, goth- things I shouldn't talk go, about go ahead. on the show.
1: Oh, yes, yes. yes, yes. Right. Below the Goth's central eye hub is a gaping maw of razor-sharp teeth, not unlike that of a greater beholder, albeit the mouth is smaller and with less teeth. Again, everything a goth has, a beholder has more of. Um, the most common goths tend to be brown and mottled purple and gray, although there are variant species of the specimen similar in color and texture to classic beholders.
0: Oh, this is, uh, Any this, questions this so this is far? like a um, – this would make a cool donut almost, I think. You know what I mean? Like if I – Wait, what? If we like custom made a donut to look like a D&D monster, this would be a good – I mean, it's as good a candidate as any beholder, I would imagine. Yeah, I think the goth is making me realize how good, like, if you're going to have a D&D themed party, like, and you want snacks that are, like, aesthetically designed, the goth is a good, mm-hmm. beholder's a good pick. I guess so. Cookies you could make make a nice beholder pastry, yeah, I you suppose. Yeah, you could put, like, a cream puff as an eye in the middle. Exactly. This thing there with, we like, go. The ring around, now we're cooking with gas. The ring of eyes around this thing's eye. Oh.
1: They're disgusting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, unlike
1: many beholder kin we've spoken about on the show, the goth doesn't seem to have an actual relation to the beholder itself. Um, what I mean by that is it isn't born from a transformed beholder or brought into existence by the thoughts and dreams of a beholder. It is instead stated to be the native denizen to some mysterious plane of existence not normally accessible to beings of the material plane. This is, of course, most likely referring to the far realm, but it isn't actually stated as su- as such. Like, no mention of the far realm is made in any of the source books that I could uh, find uh, mentioning the Goths, So this is so strange. Or, so. Like,
0: how are you labeled as a beholder kin, but you don't have any actual like relation other than the the visual? You know, you kind of I mean, look like a beholder. There
1: could be. I think the idea here is that there must be some sort of relation because they are way too similar to not be, but that. The, whatever that is is not actually known because this the only way anyone ever encounters these things is when they somehow cross over from their very specific dimension.
0: Maybe uh maybe a beholder had like a like a static dream like a fuzzy like a fuzzy dream where like it got inter- a lot of the details got lost and it tried to breathe itself into existence from its sleep and like did a bad job. So now we have the. I goth. mean maybe
1: that's that's one thing. I mean maybe a beholder got sucked into some pocket dimension and then while it was there it either birthed and or created, turned itself into what we know as a goth. And now whenever beholders get pulled from that dimension, like they're goths. So
0: that's interesting. I like that.
1: Yeah. I mean you can yeah, you can hand away however you want. All all you need to know is that these things are like beholders but not as bad. And also there's no relation.
0: Yeah. Um, G two beholders. Uh, B two.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Will. Whatever plane of existence the goth hails from, it is thought to be the same plane of existence as another beholder kin, the spectator. So we haven't talked about this beholder kin yet, so I'm not going to get too into the details. But spectators are brought to the material plane by spellcasters using a summoning ritual. It's the only way spectators ever cross to our realm.
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: And by our realm, I mean the material plane. Right. Um, when the ritual to summon the spectator goes wrong, though, a goth might be pushed it might push itself through the flawed connection instead, arriving immediately and or several minutes later. It might even present itself as a beholder to ignorant creatures in an attempt to intimidate them. Or as a spectator, if its summoner is a complete moron and doesn't know what a spectator looks like because they don't look alike at all, really.
0: And it's highly um, likely that that's the case, that the the summoner is an idiot because they did a bad job, like, doing doing the summoner. True.
1: That's a good point. Because I was just like, what summoner would see a goth and think it was a spectator? But the one who did it wrong, that's that's the one. <laughs> yeah. That's the summoner who would think that. For real. So, yeah, yeah. That's, um, though I'm sure goths can and do find their way into the primordial plane in other ways This is the only given course they can do so in the source books that I've read uh, Goths live for approximately one century And one week after their death If their death was from natural causes and they weren't murdered uh, Two smaller goths will form out of the dead one's body Whoa that's, So that's how they procreate So, okay. Asexual division
0: So after a hundred, a hundred years pass And then this thing rots for a week and then, like two smaller ones, just like come out. I'm, I'm sure they grow and get bigger and become regular sized goths. I guess. Yeah, it's essentially just mitosis that takes a century. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So, um, so I mean, maybe
1: that's why they die. Maybe like maybe you can tell a goth is about to die when like there's a weird like kind of like indenture in its head and almost feels like looks like it's being split in two. Yeah, like and it... then it dies, and a week later the body kind of it looks like it's rotting, but really it's just two new bodies pulling apart from each other
0: yeah like it it dies because it it's split it's like molting sort of like yeah the mitosis yeah it's like just mitosis so that early stage so you'll see that you'll see that goth kind of like have that that uh figure eight kind of bubble look to them yeah that that
1: disgusting figure eight yeah Yeah. oh
0: great good times
1: so the goth is a rapacious and tyrannical creature that seeks to enslave and exact tribute uh, meat, treasure, and magical items from anything weaker than itself Okay. Um, they are defined by their greed and by their hunger Goths often t- attack adventuring groups simply to acquire their wealth and for no other reason um, Though aggressive and violent uh, Goths are also quite cowardly creatures though mm. uh, When facing a threat by a creature not obviously weaker than themselves they will instead heavily rely on allies and slaves for protection, perfectly willing to sacrifice those allies to spare its own life
0: Wow, this is uh, yeah. this is cool yeah. I mean the
1: goth is just kind of a dick.
0: Yeah. Oh, just uh I like this um like trying to get does the behol regular beholder like collect stuff, like physical objects like this?
1: No, not usually.
0: Okay. So that's like, that's the main difference I'm seeing is like it, it wants material possessions.
1: Right, and there is reason for well for some of these possessions, which we will get into after a short rest. Let's do a short rest.
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash DungeonCast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash DungeonCast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DungeonCast.
2: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the Dice. an Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shamblers still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it ah. eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody,
0: be sure to check out Super,
1: Super Quest Qu- Saga! A future fantasy 5th edition DD actual play podcast brewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me and set in space and
0: i play in it along with your special guest jake and friend of the show josh freeland
1: you can find it on youtube itunes or anywhere else you can get your podcasts
0: Super Quest Saga. we've returned indeed we're back we at it again god damn it to Gonzo.
1: indeed we are um and we're, and we're back talking about the goth or the gouth i'm not sure which it is i'm going with goth it sounds cooler um, yes. Yes. A goth's worst fear in all its life is running into a beholder. Beholders.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Beholders being the hyperparanoid xenophobic megalomaniacs they are usually drive away or kill any goths that enter their territory on sight. Uh, but those few beholder who see the value in keeping underlings and working with others might choose to enslave the goths instead. Um, who better to serve a beholder than a lesser beholder? And some goths find success serving under a beholder overlord as one of their lieutenants.
0: Okay, I can I can see the logic there. Like, especially if with a beholder that takes kind to, like, gazers. I was about
1: to say that. Like, I think a beholder who is likely to have a gazer is the same beholder who's likely to be like, hmm, I'll enslave this goth.
0: Yeah, like, you can never defeat me, you idiot.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're like me, small. but worse. So I'll have yeah, you but... jobs that I'm too good to do
0: exactly yeah and you can take my my gazers will always be watching exactly
1: yeah and uh and that and beholders are like xenophobic they're racist against any non-beholder usually against anyone not themselves but like those who may not be willing to to lower themselves to having humanoid slaves would find the goth and the gazer as much more uh, palatable alternatives
0: yeah, like at least you're not a humanoid. Like you, you, you share my likeness, so that exactly. makes you a cut above. You are but still I, you are you are. I am
1: perfect. You are semi-perfect.
0: Sure. Yeah. That that tracks. Yeah.
1: So goths are most likely to be found operating alone, but unlike their greater beholder kin, they lack their natural penchant for extreme xenophobia, and so instead might be found forming into clusters and lording over other creatures together. Um, generally, goths will not fight each other over prey, although. Even in clusters, they will normally ignore each other and seek to distance themselves from others of their kind. So they'll just just kind of pretend like the others aren't there.
0: Okay, which is weird. Yeah, but I, I was trying to figure out like why would they? Why would there be a lot of goths hanging out together? Like why would there be more than one typically in an area? And it actually kind of makes sense because if one, if your leader goth dies and then two of you are born like are you going to pal around to like try to survive? For That's a while, an interesting you know?
1: point I didn't think about. Yeah, like I number one, you're right, like the clusters would be difficult to form cuz again, these guys are only being brought over one at a time. But yeah, the cellular division, give it a millennia, you're going to have 10 of these dudes rolling around and if they're in a place where expansion of their territory or splitting up isn't necessarily easy, they'll be forced to spend time together. And since they have at least enough of a of a connection being the same species as not to kill each other like yeah they'll be forced to either work together or just tolerate each other
0: that'd be wild uh for your this is a wild addition for your purple worm tunnel
1: yeah yeah some, a goth pack. in
0: there yeah <laughs> i just picked i'm not like those other goths i'm different <laughs> i not. I don't know enough about goth culture to like tie jokes to the. I don't know
1: social, if there is like, goth. Oh, you mean actual goth culture? You mean in real life?
0: Yeah, like in the real world. Like <laughs> Me neither. You know, wearing, I don't. Other than like I wearing don't at all. black,
1: I don't. know. I don't know either.
0: anything about like black and then like music with guitars. I was. was I was <laughs> like. music
1: with guitars. I was going with like a hipster thing more than the goth thing. Wasn't there? Um, all right. Uh, let's get back <laughs> to. Let's get back to actual D and D goths um let's let's get into their abilities so i think the most unique and special characteristic of the goth is their magical metabolism a goth can survive on meat uh but it prefers to sustain itself with power drain from magic objects this seems to have a practical reasoning above and beyond simply being picky eaters though if a goth is starved of magic for more than several weeks it will be forced back to its home plane of existence thus any goth wishing to avoid this constantly seeks new items to drain when consumed by a goth, magical items resting in its stomach slowly lose their power. Items with charges lose a charge uh, one every second or one every few seconds, while permanent items lose their powers within a single day. Um, very powerful artifacts, though, like the ones that are like blessed by deities or like cursedly created by a lich sacrificing a demon, like the real big stuff, those artifacts are too powerful to be drained and thus cannot be digested by the goth.
0: So it only works if they like digest it and extinguish the magic alongside of it. Exactly, they can't absorb. They can't absorb it if it's infinite or whatever. Yeah,
1: it's like a, it's like, a, it's like trying to swallow a pie hole. Except for some reason, this pie also can't be bitten. It must be swallowed whole.
0: <laughs> the pie, I put the pie in my mouth, but it kept going endlessly. <laughs> the pie had no end. I can't finish the pie. <laughs> but it looks so good. Mother save me. (laughs) So this thing you said about them being forced back to their original plane of existence. Uh Does that imply that the the goth, the two goths born of the original goth are like still they're not like if that happens in the material plane, it's not like my birth plane is now tied to the material plane. It's still tied to the original plane that the original goth is from, which is to say the far realm, I guess.
1: Man, you were asking some good questions this episode. I just want to say that. Um, and and I don't know. You know, that's not covered. But if I was a dungeon master, that's how I would justify a pack of Goths. Is like, oh, these ones don't get pulled back to their, their home plane because this is their home plane. They were born here.
0: Yeah, that that's... So it, it could probably go one way or the other, depending on how you want to rule it.
1: Yeah, as as for Based official off of lore, lore yeah. I never, I didn't see anything written about that in any source book. But the that's how I would do it. I would be like, no, 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 this is their home plane because they were born
0: here. How interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: So though less powerful than its other beholder kin, as we've you know talked about excessively this whole episode, a still yeah. does possess deadly eye rays. Um, the Rays of Agath's six eye stalks have effects similar to the following spells. Dispel magic, Inflict Wounds, Ray of Exhaustion, Scorching Ray, and Sleep or Paralysis. This kind of depends on the addition you're uh, playing. And then also they have a unique eye ray uh, that is their Devour Magic Ray, sometimes also known as their dwemer Drain Ray. This ray allows them to sap away the power of magical items, this is not how they eat magic items, though. And instead, the ray only temporarily neutralizes magically imbued items, which is a very handy ray to have.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, especially I if like it's that. like... Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, we're, we're probably going to get more into the specifics of the rays themselves, like the what they block. do in the stat block read. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: True that. So rather than having an anti-magic cone, which you asked about earlier... Their central eye of the goth has a mentally stunning effect on those who look at it from too close up. So a common goth tactic is to intentionally draw attention to themselves when attacking so as to capitalize on this ability. Goth are also capable of picking up items with their tendrils and can wield certain items if so desired. And I mean, they love magic items, so why not also wield them if you haven't eaten them yet? You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got four. I've got four. This is like Breath of the Wild style. I have yeah. four magic swords on my bottom. My bottom pieces, uh-huh. and if uh, if it comes down to it, I will eat one for power. Exactly. But exactly until, right. until then, feel my wrath. Indeed. Feel the wrath of these yes. stabs.
1: Um, and Can you that imagine is, that, getting like, go ahead.
0: like filleted, like just like <laughs> stabbed <laughs> by? This thing with, like, a trident on it. Yeah. (laughs) And just I-beam to death. Like, it's going to stab you and hold you in place while I-beams you until you die.
1: Indeed. I I mean, my first thought was exactly what you said. I just pictured this goth wielding four swords, and, I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) And just doing front flips, like, with its hover Yeah, all it has to do is spin rapidly, and it becomes a death, (laughs) like, a rotating razor monster. Definitely
0: going to homebrew that onto my goth. Indeed. uh, (laughs) Is a sword, sword wielding like blade, like uh, like it's just a fucking Beyblade. Yeah, it's a Beyblade of the sky.
1: So in the sky. So finally, um, the premature death of a goth is in it in itself a dangerous event to be near. Such an event will cause all the magical energy stored up in the goth's body to explode violently outward as a raw magical force, doing heavy damage to all in range. So like, this thing is annoying in that if you kill it, it will explode.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, You could like get one close to death and capture it, and then like throw it at another bad guy.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, this reminds me very much of the Beholder rebuilt, cruel eyes who will randomly explode upon meeting you.
0: Yes, um, it's a one percent chance. Yeah, one percent chance. See what happens. Yeah, Um, Uh, and everybody dies. But this
1: one dies. This one explodes when it dies, no matter what.
0: There's no death saving throws. There's no. Yeah, it's hard with monsters. Like, how are you supposed to get it into a place like anything with one HP is still kicking, right? Like it can still do bad things to you. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard to capture. I think you can incapacitate without killing. Like um, you can you can make that known when you're doing the, the quote unquote killing blow. If you if you come equipped with like rope and a bunch of eye patches, you're good.
1: Indeed. That's all you need. That's that's (laughs) all you need for any beholder, really.
0: That's all you need for that's really any any capture scenario. That's true. Yeah, it's not
1: limited to just beholders. Tie it up and blind it. You're probably good. Um any any questions about the goth?
0: Throw it down a hole like Palpatine and watch it just explode. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, you ready for the stat block? No, you I, want to I tell don't. me all about the goth stat block? I have lots lock? of... Uh, y- y- yeah, I, I do. I do want to tell you about the goth stat block. Let me get in there. Okay. Um, man, this thing is, um, like the look of it, it's kind of like got a fleshy tone compared to the other goth, or the it, other beholderkin. And it Beholders,
2: does, you know? which
0: defies I, some all... Some of them are like scaly. Yeah. the The look
1: of it in Volos, uh, defies all, um physical descriptions of it in the different various source books they describe they describe it in those
0: books as being modeled in purple like that thing just looks flesh tone i can see some purple coloring in like the background of, but yeah. that looks more like a shadow this thing is like fleshy it's got blue eyes which is strange looking to me at it in this context why why can't i have blue eyes <laughs> I, no, well, like, just compared to the rest of them, like, why Why is this one blue yeah, and the other ones are It's got pretty baby blues. Like,
1: why you gotta, why you gotta, wet?
0: not like that. God, and then the, the donut, the donut hole of its eye, oh, like, just... the ring around the eyeball is just, <laughs> like, full of these little tiny nasty blue eyes.
1: Very gross. Um, All right, I'm I'm ready for the stat block.
0: We got a medium aberration here, Will, of lawful <laughs> evil. Its armor class is 15 natural, and its hit points are 67 with zero uh, zero feet of of movement speed, but twenty feet of flying or hovering speed, which is uh, normal for beholders. Yeah, that's how uh, beholders do. So, so we got um, plus zero strength. Or we do big numbers here: ten strength, fourteen dex, sixteen con, fifteen intelligence, fifteen wisdom, and thirteen charisma. They are smart enough to know that they are inferior. So, indeed,
1: they are uh, well rounded. Otherwise, there's some decent stats.
0: Yeah, there's not a. Um, I like the the ten strength. That makes sense with the the thing we were saying with the swords. So it's swords right. aren't going to be like crazy strong, but they're going to be they're going to be usable.
1: They're going to be fucking magical, is what they're going to be.
0: Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, we got a, a plus five intelligence saving throw, also plus five wisdom and plus four charisma, which are pretty good. Yeah. And then um, plus five to perception. Okay. Cannot be prone. One hundred and twenty feet of dark vision. That's double the normal amount. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: that's that's superior dark vision. Maybe that's why they're called night eyes. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. I was kind of thinking, thinking that, um, I'm I'm going to take a look at
1: the, uh, at the beholder stat block and see.
0: Okay. I was thinking like that reference might be to like something that had to do with its death or the end of it, you know, like nighttime, like, you know, riddle wordplay, but nothing ever came up. So yeah, I'm I'm still, still not sure.
1: Yeah. Me neither. Uh, Let us
0: know in the comments if you, if you guys know what, why this creature is called that. I'm sure it's from either like a super early edition or a book or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, um, it looks here like the beholder also has 120 feet of dark vision. So.
0: Yeah. Not, not, uh, not better than normal beholders, but better than most creatures. that Indeed. Have dark vision. True that. So, so we've got uh, languages are deep speech and under common, which you know, that's cool. Deep speech is like the, um, the far realm stuff. So yes. that makes sense. And then under common, Uh, That's more like um, the Underdark, right? Um, Yes. That, like, basic low speech?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Okay. So challenge rating 6. We have the Stunning Gaze. When a creature that can see the Goth's central eye starts its turn within 30 feet of the Goth, the Goth can force it to make a DC 14 Wisdom saving throw if the Goth isn't incapacitated and can see the creature. A creature that fails the save is stunned until the start of its next turn. Unless surprised... A creature can avert its eyes at the start of its turn to avoid the saving throw. If the creature does so, it can't see the goth until the start of its next turn when it can avert its eyes again. If the creature looks at the goth in the meantime, it must immediately make the save. Well, that's cool.
1: It's very handy. That, 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 is, that makes this thing much more effective at fighting multiple creatures uh, than, um, than it otherwise would be. Because it's basically forcing everyone to stare away, with giving it giving it a good advantage.
0: Yeah, if you, I like this. If you have a campaign or story arc that is going to have a beholder as one as your big bad, this is a great like intro to fighting it or like a lead up. This is like the mini boss version of yeah, the beholder.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah.
0: So next we have death throws. Um, And that's Mm T-H-R-O-E-S. Okay. Uh, When the goth dies, the magical energy within it explodes. And each creature within 10 feet of it must make a DC 14 dexterity saving throw, taking 13 or 3d8 force damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. I thought that would be stronger. I was about
1: to say that. I would imagine this this magical energy explosion being much more powerful than that.
0: Or more distance. Like, it's not even a fireball
1: yeah 10 feet yeah that's not very yeah
0: challenge reading six like i guess it's i guess like if you had to fight it and then at the very end it's going to do splash damage to you know the guy stabbing it to death. yeah can you okay. imagine okay. rolling okay. you don't want to like punish too hard
1: you imagine we're only three ones on the on those d8s though so?
0: <laughs> that would suck yeah that would suck they got slapped with like tentacle like bile like, oh, it burns. Okay, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, it
1: would be disgusting more than
0: anything. <laughs> so the actions are a bite, which is a melee weapon attack with plus six to hit, a reach of five feet on one target. It's going to do nine or 2d8 piercing damage. And uh, next we have the eye rays. So here comes. Goth shoots three of the following magical eye rays at random. You're going to re-roll your duplicates, and you're going to choose one to three targets that it can see within 120 feet. And... Um, now, the choosing of the targets, that's thats kind of at the DM's discretion or whoever's running the monster, mm-hmm. I feel like, right? You can kind of...
1: Yes, I think generally speaking, you choose the targets afterwards, uh, after the, the three rays are rolled for, and it's even presented as such. You know, it's first, the goth shoots three rays following of, following of the following magical eye rays at random. You do that, then it says, choosing one to three targets you can see within 20 feet. So... To me, that reads of you roll the random table and then you choose the targets.
0: Yeah, that that's cool. I, I'm into that. Um, I kind of like choosing like if you want to, I don't see why not. You could just like fire them at random at random people because you're not rolling the tar- like random for the targets. But if you want to, I guess you could do that. I mean, yeah, that could be fun if if that's the way you want to go. Right. So the first ray is the devour magic ray. Mm -hmm. The targeted creature must succeed on a DC 14 dexterity saving throw or have one of its magic items lose all magical properties until the start (laughs) of the goth's next turn. If the object is a charged item, uh, it also loses 1d4 charges. Determine the effective item, the affected item randomly, ignoring single use items such as potions and scrolls. So I guess um, you would have to roll like a random die against like a chart full of your player's magic items. so yeah if your team I imagine, asking so. for that beforehand. Although I ch-
1: challenge rating six, I could see you fighting this at a low enough level where a lot of characters probably would only have one magic item or two at most.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it really depends on your setting, but that's probably closer to the average. Yeah. Um, next one is Enervation Ray. The targeted creature must make a DC 14 constitution saving throw taking 18 or 4 D8 necrotic damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a success.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty Um, straightforward. Here's the damage ray.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, So pushing ray, the the targeted creature must succeed on a DC 14 strength saving throw or be pushed up to 15 feet directly away from the goth and have its speed halved until the start of the goth's next turn. See, this um, is where cool. it's, go ahead. telekinetic ray light.
1: Yeah, it's telekinetic ray light, um, and also like this is where the goth would really benefit benefit itself by layering up in a, a place with a lot of like uh, edges and cliffs and like drops and chasms.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, position yourself to do if the pushing ray comes out, you can optimize it. Indeed. Uh, okay, so next is the fire ray. The targeted creature must succeed on a DC 14 Dexterity saving throw, or take 22 4d10 fire damage. Yeah, so another, this is another, another damage, damage ray.
1: ray. Um, the sucky thing for the goth about both of these rays, their enervation en- and the fire ray, is that fire and necrotic are probably two of the most commonly resisted damage types in the game. Yeah. Okay. So, tough luck, goth.
0: Yeah. It's...
1: But fire and darkness, it... very gothic. Um, combination <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I see I see what you did there okay uh, now we have the paralyzing ray yeah so the targeted creature must succeed on a DC 14 constitution saving throw or be paralyzed for one minute the target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns ending the effect on its self on a success it's a good and ray. finally yeah it's straightforward I mean a lot of these can be really powerful if you get hit with multis you know like yeah if we're gonna target one guy Paralyze them and then just do like a gang of damage, right? So now we have the sleep ray. The targeted creature must succeed on a DC 14 Wisdom saving throw or fall asleep and remain unconscious for one minute. The target awakens if it takes damage or another creature takes an action to wake it. This ray has no effect on constructs and undead. So that's cool. Your yeah. artificer robot will be okay
1: <laughs> for sleep. sure. Yeah. Also, elves. <laughs> elves would be fine. Um. So I was thinking about how this this creature it's not as bad as a beholder when it comes to working with others. and it, it's smart. It's a smart creature. What is that? A fifteen intelligence? So it's a very yeah. smart individual. So I was thinking yeah. about scenarios where this thing would work with others, and I think the obvious one is like this would make a really good employee for a wizard, uh, like a powerful like Archmage, because it's like you just pay the dude in like whatever scrap magic bullshit you put together. Like over the years that you don't care about as as is uh, bi monthly payment and it'll do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. And and you can give it um, you can make some bullshit charge items, too. Like that seems like the moneymaker. If you're going to keep this thing around long term, mm-hmm. you're going to want something to feed it, you know, on the regular. That's not going to just be like destroyed after. It um, well no I guess it, I guess it would have to eat and destroy it the ray is what what takes the charge yeah or whatever the the other effect but yeah the um, that's cool just make just I have all these magic items I need this guy um, if he dies he'll explode and then I'll be ready to to swoop and kill whoever came in my house exactly um, but yeah that this is a you're right this is a cool little foot soldier for um, like an evil mage or whatever yeah whatever bad guy you're, I think it's you're gonna a perfect combination
1: a symbiotic relationship we call those um yeah 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 any any questions about the goth before we uh get ready for our long rest uh
0: no i think i think i'm good i think this is this has been a really interesting um like take on this this creature yeah Uh, i I, like the mini boss feel to it
1: i think the goth is my second favorite of the beholder kin we've talked about thus far with the first being the death kiss Mm. but this is a close second for me i like this one
0: Cool, yeah. I'll have to wait until we get through all of them to, to choose. But, yeah, we got
1: some wild um, ones coming up. Um, the Spectator might might become my favorite one after we do that episode, but we'll see. Um, I think that that's it, so we can get ready for our long rest now.
0: Yeah, where well, we, uh, we, we are not going to be building our Beholder this episode. We take a break on Beholder episodes from mm-hmm. that, but still come stick around and figure out what my Beholder fact is going to be. Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. And on this long rest, uh, we're not building our beholder. We're going to take a break from that. And, uh, Will, I'm going to hit you with one of these sweet, tasty beholder facts. You ready? I'm ready. Every beholder has three hearts, two hearts to work exclusively to move blood beyond uh, beyond the jowls, uh, while the third keeps circulating uh, circulation of a flow to the organs. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Is that official lore, or are you just making things up? Where are you getting this uh, from? This, this is uh, this is a fact about octopuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: all right. Because that one, I could, you could have sold me on that one. If you told me, like,
0: oh, yeah, I found it in
1: Dragon Magazine 247, I would have been like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Yeah, Dragon Magazine does have some weird-ass shit in it. So. I mean, they Dragon Magazine loves to talk about how monsters fuck, so.
0: Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> and how they, like, defecate and, like, make friends, I guess. Yeah, in Zuck, Zuck Moy's cradle. Let's not forget that one. Oh God, I remember seeing all the Dragon magazines for um, the Demogorgon, and I, I man, I, I'm struggling because like uh, we interviewed, um, we interviewed Luke Gygax, and he he specifically called it Demogorgon, like said it like that, and I knew, yeah, I knew already, but like, yeah, oh man, internally, geez. it's just
1: okay. I want to talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> So I understand that the official pronunciation is Demogorgon, but it just doesn't make sense when it has an O instead of an I, or even an E. Where do you get the Demi
0: from? Yeah, I I totally agree with you on that, but like Luke Gygax told me about his dad. His dad wrote it and said it to him out loud, and now I just kind of have to roll with it. We haven't shouted out Demogorgon in so long, Will. You just wrote him out of the show, basically. I didn't
1: write him out of anything. You were in charge of the Demogorgon, uh, cult,
0: cult, uh, clergy. Yeah. That, I mean, I can only shout him out when you mention him. Well, I just the rules. Well, shout out to Demogorgon. Goddamn right. Goddamn oh, right. I feel so powerful. Ah! <laughs> all right. Uh, let's,
1: now that we got our beholder, um, Fact out of the way, let's talk about our ongoing contest on social media, where we are giving away two copies of Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, the newest book coming out detailing one of my favorite campaign settings in D&D. And if you are interested in this book, or at least as interested as I am, um, go ahead and enter the win. Uh, you can do that on Twitter by um, tweeting a link to your favorite episode of our show or any of our shows. SuperQuest Saga is just as relevant, so if you want to tweet that out, that's fine. Just make sure you do it with the hashtag DungeonCast and you'll be entered to win. And on May 18th, the day the book is released, we will be announcing a winner.
0: Um, There's also a way to enter on Instagram, which Brian will detail. Find the post on Instagram, like it, make sure you're following the account, and start tagging people, individuals you may or may not know, in the comment section. Uh, One comment and one tag equals one entry, and be sure to do those separately. Um, Will which uh, which head of Demogorgon do you think the Twitter belongs to and the Instagram belongs to? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Okay, do you mind refreshing me on on the names of the two heads? Do you remember?
0: Um, the I God, I just worship Demogorgon, and I don't worship the the heads individually. The
1: individuals, yeah, it's, it's it feels almost blasphemous, like it's heresy.
0: Yeah, like, you have to mention them, like, in, in time, but um, it is uh, Ameol and Hethradaya. just so you know. Okay. Ameol, I'm is, just... like the, Ameol is, like, the pre—before you see Demogorgon, uh, Ameol has thought about you, probably. And, okay. Uh, you know, and after you see Dem- Demogorgon, Hethrodiah is usually the one that's going to come out and kick your ass, like, with the physical.
1: You know what? I feel like uh, Hethradaya is definitely the Twitter part of our cult because Twitter gets spicy. It sounds like Heterodia is a pretty spicy individual.
0: Yeah, they, they're they're more like I'm gonna knock you down. I'm gonna smash you with these tentacles, like that sort of thing. Yeah, that's Twitter you, probably.
1: That's Twitter for sure.
0: So uh, Instagram is like the uh, Instagram is like the the plotting, like uh, <laughs> devious uh, head. Of, indeed, indeed. organ. So uh, yeah, so, that 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 feels right. That feels good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we 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 clear that up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I think uh, we're just so overdue for some Demogorgon talk. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, man, it's been so long on the show. You know, it's what? Been it's since d- the Demogorgon episode, we
1: did a lot of Demon Lords last year, and yes. you know, I feel like the Demon Lords, at least for the first half of the year, kind of overshadowed the giantness of the Giants of the Year of the Giant. And do I didn't want that to lords. happen to the beholders this year. So I've been I've been pumping the brakes on the demon lord uh lore. But I mean I can always turn it back up whenever
0: you want. See now you admit it. You admit having written our patron Oh, demon what Gorgon have I done? Oh no, I'm about to be smoked. I'm about to be smoked by the <laughs> fighting <laughs> Gorgon. How could you do this to us? It's all our right. namesake. Well, <laughs> well, before I am
1: smoked, I think we should uh probably call it a game.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And I guess um, we will talk to you guys later. See you guys next week. Bye.
2: The Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth